The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Wednesday, 22nd of April. The FujiCast. Welcome along to the FujiCast. Once weekly, now daily. Um, we're all being socially distanced. Kev is over there in Malmesbury. Hello, Kev. Hello. Is it as sunny in Malmesbury as it is in lovely Newbury? It's lovely and sunny. Yeah, I haven't been out in it today, though. Mm. Funny enough, I've, uh, the kids are out the back doing whatever the kids do. But yeah, I haven't. Um, I'm staring at it through my window. I had a question. Do you know yesterday's um, um, free for all, so no tech Tuesday, which actually mm. ended up being some of the questions that we usually answer about wedding photography and, and photography in general, and photography during lockdown, and, and what it would mean to the industry afterwards. It was mm. it was supposed to be more like the mermaid question that we had, but it, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Sam asked me a bizarre left field question. She said, "Could you throw it into uh, no tech Tuesday?" Is how. How often does uh, Kev have to deal with the the dog's doings on the lawn? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well. Said, Why do you want to know that? She said, "Well, brother-in-law wants to know because <laughs> during lockdown, it's become more of a problem." <laughs> well, has has Gemma been messaging you about this? No, this is oh. Well, the way it, the way it works. Is oh, do you have I a, get... a, a blue a blue job and a pink job allotment on this one? <laughs> allocation on this one. I get up in the morning and um, I, I deal with what's there. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Gemma does it throughout the rest of the day because I, 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 I don't. <laughs> it's just a, a bizarre left field question. Um, but um, <laughs> she said stick into No Tech Tuesday or, or Tech Free Tuesday or whatever what we ended up calling it. Uh, today we can be back with tech and we will be. Uh, we've also got the uh, Daily Photo Challenge. And, of course, because it's a Wednesday, there's another title from Kev's Mountain of Books You Should Buy When It's Safe to Spend Money Again feature. So welcome along to the show. Um, we'll start. Should we start with a tech one? Because we, we had a tech-free time yesterday. So um, it makes sense to, to start with one now. Jonathan Kerr, yada, 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 fellas. Since the COVID crisis, I haven't had any will, want um, or motivation to pick up any of my cameras, other for the odd shot of my dog. I'm not panicking, as I know it isn't the occasion to go out and shoot. And there are better times on the horizon, thinking of the joy of street photography the first day post-lockdown. And your daily podcast is giving me my photography fix by proxy anyway. Anyway, the question is, have eight of the relatively expensive Fuji NPW126S batteries. See, we're back in tech that I use for weddings. Better to have and not need than need and not have. And I'm curious as to how best to store them. Should I leave them in the camera and the grips, take them out and store them separately or discharge them entirely? I've never trusted third-party battery manufacturers and I'd prefer not to have to buy more official Fuji ones when this is all over. I think it's going to be okay, to be honest. There was some Jonathan Kerr. I mean, all batteries self-discharge at some rate, don't they? You leave, I leave, um, I've left mine in the cameras that are set up here in the studio, and I notice they do discharge across across several days. Um, yeah, I think, I think the official line is that if your camera is off for an elongated period of time, you shouldn't leave the battery in. No. Um, I think. However... Although if you don't, uh, don't don't you start to run down the internal? Um... Yeah, there's the the CMOS battery inside needs needs a little. That's why sometimes when you turn the cameras on after a very very long time, like four or five months of inactivity, mm. um, you some it sometimes says what you need to reset the clock and all that kind of yeah, stuff because yeah. the CMOS battery that's inside also needs a little bit of power. Yes, and it gets that from the main battery. From the main battery, yeah, yeah. However, even though that is the official. I think that's the official thing. If you were a um, battery doctor, that's what you might say. Right. For me, I have no idea where my batteries are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> some of them are in cameras, I would imagine. Some of them are all my stuff's in the studio or some of it, and uh, some of it's here. 
I think I've got there's if probably some on the floor. Only you had dividers. There's really? some in chargers, I would imagine, still plugged <laughs> into the wall. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of left like it was a nuclear war. You know, I was mm. like, oh, no, I'm going. Grabbed my computer, chucked it in the back of the car, yeah. and uh, left everything else. I think you and felt on that first day that you were actually going to be hammering MDF boards up against your window or something. <laughs> it's funny because I still got my security camera, so I watch it, I look at it, I can see it through my devices, you know, yeah. and, I, and I look look at my studio and I think, oh, you're going to have to tidy that when you go back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think of all the spiders, Kev. Oh, yeah. they'll be bigger sources by the time you get back into your place. John- oh, yeah. Jonathan, if it means anything, um, because I'm slightly more diligent with where I know all my batteries and stuff are, I have um, all the ones that are not in the cameras at the moment, and there are three that are in cameras. So there's an XX1, there's two X-T3s. They're all in there. I'm letting them discharge gradually. Well, I am using them, to be fair, um, but I'm letting them discharge gradually themselves naturally, and then I'm recharging them. All the other ones have just been sat in there, and I noticed the other day when I put them on the charger, the reading said 80%. And that's after four weeks, three weeks, three weeks. So on the What's that 80%? The, so some of them have gone down to 80%, some of the batteries. Oh, I see. I see. When you put it in the camera, the camera is mm. telling you you've got 80% left. No, 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 on the charger itself. I've got a charger with a, with a figure on it that tells you what the, what the percentage charge is. Oh, you've got one of them. Yes. I won't tell you how bad they are for your battery then. Really? Mm. Are they not good? I don't think, well, not that I've read. I've oh. read those kind of ones that you, that you know, because you can do discharge and stuff like that with them, can't you? And yeah. I think, I, I'm with Jonathan. I always use the official chargers. Yeah, all right. Okay, well, I use official batteries, but in the non-official charger. Mm. <laughs> and it's, it's been that way for years. <laughs> it's been absolutely fine for me. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure it is absolutely fine. But I, but the, I know when I, when I used to do Canon, I used to have a double charger that was a third-party one, and it had one of those... Um, percentage things on it yeah, yeah. um and then i read on canon forum somewhere or other that it's possibly the worst thing you can do for a battery because they are it's the wrong pins or the wrong yeah. charge and and because it's got a, it, it it sucks as well as blows sort of thing so it can discharge as well as it charge don't worry about it daisy you're all right <laughs> and uh yeah uh so anyway but i'm sure it's fine okay I'm not sure we are. Who cares? There's far worse things going on in the world. (laughs) Jonathan, did we help you at all there? How about you? I'm going to put you into the possibly helped pile just over there. Um, David Hollenbach. Gentlemen, in brackets, boys. Are we gents or boys? I don't know. I mean, we do have forward slash the boys, don't we, on the website. But please accept my sincere thanks for the daily prod of the Fujicast. Each afternoon, I look forward to plugging in the headphones and listening to the latest episode. Each episode transports me to another world. Um, Are you sure it's not just us you're listening to? Is there something else you're doing? Away from the coronavirus-induced woes. Although although not ill, the mental challenges, I've got to say, and the worries are taking their toll. Kev would have just said yada, 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 of course. I live in the Seattle area of the US. I'm retired from Boeing, thankfully. This allows me to explore the city and countryside at will with my... Nikon. It never gets old. Early this year, I, I added an XT30 with a 27mm and 50mm to the kit for street and family photography. Loving that little camera, especially the 27mm lens. So small. Smaller than the X100, I believe. Is it smaller than the X100? It is, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Image- I, I, in, uh, yeah, when you look at it front on, hmm. like I think it's a bit wider, depth deeper or long, fatter. I don't know. Yeah. The, Im- the image quality, he says, is wonderful. He hasn't add, added a question here. He's just, he just, you know, he loves, loves that little XT30. I mean, you, you, you've got an XT30, haven't you? Hmm? I did have. Um, is it that one of the ones you sold? 
No, no, no. It was a loan. Um, ah. So it, it, I had it for, I think, about six weeks. It's, it went back to Fujifilm a long time ago. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. Nice little nice little camera. It's, um, I used it for some kind of side angles for YouTube videos and everything, the right. film and everything. And it's great. Um, you know, single card, all that kind of stuff. It's it's not something I would use for professional job as a as a primary camera. Is it good as a street street photography camera, perhaps? Yeah, if you want that kind of um, uh, DSLR style um, shape to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Smaller, smaller than the XT three or four. Nigel Hayward, morning chaps, or afternoon, or evening, depending upon where you are. Thanks for reading out my embarrassing story last week. Ah, he was he was the guy that went. Do you remember he he was um, Nigel came to the. Uh, the the show that we had in London, and during the day, gone up doing some street photography. And he he went into one of those auto loos with a door, and the door opened halfway uh, yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving to work this morning, listening to the podcast, and Kevin mentioned the improved shutter life of the XT4, and it made me wonder. When I've looked at secondhand Fuji mirrorless cameras online, the sites I've visited, they can't give a shutter count. I went to my local LCE, that's London Camera Exchange, sometime back before going into lockdown, and they said it wasn't possible. So my question is, um, how can Fujifilm know the shutter count of a mirrorless camera returned under warranty? Well, uh, the X100 is the only camera that has a, uh, it tells you, and it's only an approximation, how many shutters, mm. clicks has been gone. Mm. Um, all the others don't. And um, I presume that Fujifilm have some kind of, you know, software or whatever that will look at the firmware. I'm sure there is a way of finding out. Uh, it's certainly not publicly available in the camera, though. Um, uh, but what I would say is don't worry about it. You know, these, sh- these shutters go on and 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 on. You'd, uh, you, I think you'd have to be um, pretty unlucky. The shutters typically aren't things that, that go mm. Pop. One more, then we'll have um, the photo challenge. Um, Ewan McNeil, thank you for the podcast. Uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on studying for photography academically, something like a part-time master's, and whether this is helpful as a way of learning or or seen by some as necessary if you want to do anything professionally. I've been pursuing photography as a hobby, on and off since I started doing my own black and white prints at secondary school. Main interest, landscape, abstract, close-up images, but more recently paying a bit more attention to family portraits during lockdown. Before the whole pandemic thing started, I was wondering about the idea of starting to see if I can make anything or photographically as a small sideline alongside the part-time day job. So there we go. Would would the part-time master's degree help him? Mm, I don't know. I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, to be a wedding photographer, for example, you do not need to have a degree in photography. Um, and also commercial photography, then, no. you know, no is basically the answer. Yeah. You, I don't think it will necessarily be something that will help you get a job or get a gig. However, what I would say is that I think that, um, you know, it's it's not necessarily a thing that you shouldn't do because it can give you a very good ground in. Ed- academia, education is a, is a good thing to to do for your your own well-being you will learn a lot of course especially things like the history of the art and all that kind of stuff that i'm I'm very interested in but whether you know going to a commercial client and saying look i've got a phd in photography are they gonna go well let's see your pictures um but saying that i do a course at simon sester college and um you know i the plan is to do another one at some point if we're ever allowed out and you know i enjoy doing it and (laughs) the people who came along learned things i hope (laughs) are you you going back to that when when it all starts up again yeah uh possibly yeah i mean it's it's all up in the air of course but uh with a different angle on things but yeah i I did enjoy doing it yeah Mm. uh well thank you very much oh he did a second part question so i'm throwing him on the floor before we've even had the second part of the question hold on a sneaky second parter. Um, Did you find my batteries down there? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're in there. 
Um, I'll ask a sneaky second. Um, I'm also interested in trying to combine audio field recordings of some of my landscape images of sound captured in the same space as the image was taken. Is there a precedent for other people having already put together still images and audio regularly for scenes with no people in them? Um, I think there are. There's loads of YouTube. Um, there's a very, very popular YouTube one that has sort of howling wind with photographs of uh, of, of empty doorways or, or empty buildings or whatever, if, if he means that kind of precedent. Sounds an interesting idea, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It sounds it sounds pretty. I wouldn't say unique either, but it, it sounds it's it's not something that I see a lot of yeah. um, for sure. I, I encourage people at my workshops to to record the audio of a of a street corner or you wherever do, they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, not necessarily for them to plug it with the pictures afterwards, but that would make it interesting. <laughs> don't so. don't you use that as a way of people going out to you, you say look listen and then go and make pictures of it or something? Mm. Is that yeah? Listen, listen to the environment. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you will hear. So if everybody everybody who's listening now, yeah, right, we're going to be really quiet now. And well, you, you just you listen to what's going on around you. You can't go too quiet because otherwise, otherwise, some of the players try to fill the gaps in. So, oh right, okay, all right, we won't do that. Say, then. We'll try. You can try for about five seconds. Okay, double li- burst. Right, li- ready? Quiet. Five now. seconds. Right. What did you hear? Rosa. You? I had Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Rosa and Albie. They're making something uh, probably a mess. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah. in your studio, you won't hear anything because it's all soundproof. But other people that, listening yeah, yeah. will have heard different things rather than us, and and that will pique your interest in in photography. Mm. So you know, stand on a street corner when you're allowed and just record the audio for ten minutes. Listen to the audio back, and that will tell you the entire story of the of the street corner. Um, and then you can go back and photograph it. Do you, do you remember us talking briefly about binaural audio? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. You can get these kind of headphones, uh, or, or these microphones, well, look like ears because our ears are programmed to hear more forward than they are back, but there's still a presence back and then there's a left and there's a right. And um, there are some amazing films online. Look up binaural audio. Um, make sure you're wearing headphones when you listen back. Um, do you have to listen? Do you have to have these binaural headphones on? Do you have to buy? No, no, no. The mi- sorry, the microphone is the binaural bit. Okay, so I'm so, yeah. Binaural. Um, the binaural audio is being recorded with the microphone, and the microphones right. look like these. They look like ears. <laughs> really strange, um, but they 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 work and they rec- they record sound like ears. So you have to wear your headphones when you're listening back. That's the best way to get the experience. But look at the um, look up on YouTube binaural audio. I think New York, um, there were some really good ones done in New York. Have a listen. They're really, really interesting. I think, yeah, mix, mixing sound with, uh, with audio and, and being quite creative and inventive with it can be, a, can be a fun thing to do. The Daily Show Photo Challenge. All right, here we go. So, um, it's Wednesday. So what, what did we have last Wednesday? Last week we had devotion, love, devotion. Oh, yes. And we thought, that, that, was, yeah, we thought that was going to be a bit of a risque one, but it, was a, it wasn't in the end, was it? it, was, it no. In, no, no. I think, I think our minds were firmly in the gutter. Your minds, they were firmly in the creativity. Uh, yeah, there were some lovely pictures, obviously, of course, people hugging, and uh, there's a nice one from Michael Hochleitner. Um, <laughs> Martin. 
<laughs> which was um and it's titled my girlfriend connecting to her loved ones in quarantined tyrol oh. so uh that was nice because it was real and she's got a phone and she you can see her parents staring at her through the uh zoom app or whatever it is yeah. plenty of dogs and babies jonathan clapton of course yeah. uh with his uh new little daughter uh it's a nice one from julia thorne actually um obviously not taken uh, at the time but it was um it's the memorial to the hillsborough disaster in Liverpool. Oh. Oh. Um, and it was uh, kind of April 2016, she was saying. But the reason I, but that that kind of piqued my my mind was because I'm fairly sure mm. that the anniversary is around about now. So um, that's why it kind of uh, okay. popped up in my mind. Um, there was a beautiful one from Vanessa Johnson, a devoted 10-year-old and his 17-year-old cat. 17? 17-year-old cat. Is that even like that. possible? That cat looked just like Tiddles as well. Oh, well, uh, well my nan, I was going to say maybe it was Tiddles, but no, Tiddles would have been 50 or so, 40 or so, tiddles whatever. Tiddles yeah, well gone there. Poor Tiddles. Oh, oh boom, off she goes, mm. meow. However, the one that I, where is it gone now? I need to scroll back to it. The one I really, 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 really la- liked <laughs> and laughed at is from Andy Thibault. Thibault, because, oh, okay. Thibault, um, because it was the logo from our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a bit self-indulgent <laughs> kevin ah it doesn't matter what's what's gonna happen they're gonna oh uh, me up there'll be complaints Uh-oh. oh yes <laughs> yeah lots of good stuff that was a good one though i really like yeah, that it was good yeah. right new one for today what have we got okay now as you know i have been encouraging you to try and take these pictures on the same day so today i am going to force you to take it on the same day mm. um with a little bit of a twist so what what what, what would be ace would be for you all to write a message on a piece of paper yeah. or on your computer screen yeah. and take a photo of it as a message to all of us however i want you to put the date in the corner <laughs> so we know we know that and it's taken and, today and it needs to be a little bit more creative than just something slapped on a screen surely absolutely yes well i doesn't yeah, the message is the most important thing so yeah, but um, wait, can you see through can you see through something or underneath something a bit like the the banisters and things that were in yesterday's challenge would that be absolutely. Or, or, or reflection what? maybe or yeah top down the message the message to us message yeah. to everybody else so you could you might have if you've got seven kids you might get them all to hold up a piece of paper with one letter each yeah. oh. um you might scroll it all over your kitchen wall in uh the blood of your husband or wife <laughs> <laughs> you might <laughs> you might just uh you know take a picture of your phone with the message we all love each other can that message be scrawled okay. on yourself you can scroll it on yourself yeah absolutely whatever it doesn't matter the idea is that we you are passing on a message and of course yeah. it doesn't have to be all be about the covid stuff it could just be saying hello yeah oh well, that's a very good one so that's that's set for today the best of luck to you um right books are we yes. ready so another title from the kev's mountain of books you should buy when it's safe to spend uh, money again feature now we, we we had a sort of a sort of complaint last week that said hang on a minute i'm trying not to spend money and kev's coming out with books so what have you what have you picked out from your library well i think today it's definitely backfired a little bit because i have got the north by john bulmer i'm just stretching to pick it up i know the north by john bulmer is a photo book um mm-hmm. obviously it's some amazing images and it was it kind of taken when the north is is going through its uh, transformation from kind of hard hard working 
um, not that they're not hardworking now, but you know, proper industrial um, kind of moving through. Yeah. Um, I would say early 60s probably is the timeline of this. Um, so you've got lots of images of kind of um, ship workers, uh, dockyard workers leaving and they're covered in grime and all that. You've got some of the miners. Um, a lot of these images were in the Sunday Times magazines over the years. A mixture of black and white colour. You know, you've got old ladies who, you know, they're on their hands and knees and scrubbing the, the, the pavement outside their door. Proper nostalgia stuff, you know. Mm. I always go on about nostalgia. And, and like I say, when these pictures were taken at the time, people probably thought, hmm, whatever. It's just an old woman cleaning the floor. All old women clean the floor. Stop it. Um, and now, of course... Careful, Kev, careful. <laughs> well, they did in those days, didn't they? You know, that's they... what my nana did all her life. Oh, right. Uh, you know, they did. Um, that nan's job, was it? No, well, it was then, sadly, but now, of course, so now times have changed, and rightly so, and then we look at these and we think, wow, they, you know, how times have changed, and that's the whole point of it. There are some very creative images as well in terms of composition, some amazing ones of kind of reflections through people's house windows, but what really, what I really love is just the people on the streets. You know, you've yeah. got these very um, depressed areas of the northeast, mostly. You've got little girls and boys playing football on the street corners, and, and that was it. That was their life, you know, that's... They basically went to school, played football on the street corners on the weekend, and then went and did some hard labour for for most of the rest of their life. Um, you know, and you've, you've you've got all that captured, and it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Those streets, now, those street scenes are really important, of course. Absolutely, incredibly important, and and you know, and I'm not going to get on that horse again. But sadly, those those uh, nostalgic pictures will, will be a thing of the past um, because we're, 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 we're having that permission taken away from us. However, so I did get that book out and mm. I thought, this is great because I remember buying this on Amazon mm. and I did buy it and I look, I even looked through my, my Amazon purchasing history. I had to go back a very, very, very long way. Um, <laughs> and I bought it in 2013, I think. Mm. It was published. <laughs> it was published on the 14th of November 2012, according to um, Amazon. However, it's although it's on Amazon UK, it's no longer available. Oh, okay, yeah. so when books are no longer available, I head over to my um, my Bible of books, which is called abebooks.co.uk. Abebooks.co.uk. Right. This is where you'll find pretty much every book, um, and it will give you a very very good indication of the going rate for that book. Now, bear in mind, Abebooks is looks at book dealers all around the world. There's only one available of this copy of this available on a books, and it's from a dealer who is in Pennsylvania, New York, uh, USA. Okay, yeah, yeah. And the going rate for it oh, is go on one thousand two hundred sixty-one pounds <laughs> sixty. I'd say on that. top of that, you have to pay twenty pounds and eight pence shipping. <laughs> I'll have two. And, well, there weren't two available though. Just and, the and because of the COVID, yeah. there might be a delay in you getting that book. <laughs> might work, so, Kev. Your, yeah. your your book collections becoming like a like a, a vault of fine wines, isn't it? Brilliant, isn't it? One thousand two hundred sixty-one pound sixty. No, if I'm, anybody yeah. wants it for one thousand two hundred sixty pounds, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it's, it. It's yours. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the access front, a good book this week. Um, it was an interesting point made by Adam Gray when uh, he was on the show a couple of days ago, the uh, New York photojournalist, who said that one of the things he'd noticed was the um, was the ability to photograph and, and 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 being given access and and people respecting the fact that you're you're there to tell a story and show a story. Mm. Um, and Ian Forsyth, I'm due to talk to for an interview for for um, our podcast here. Uh, he's a very well respected photojournalist. And he'd um, written um, uh, in, in some um, two-way that was going backwards and forwards while, while this interview was being set up. 
um, that um, he's been taking images or making images, of course, during this COVID crisis. Said, yeah, um, inside Nightingale hospitals in Sunderland before it opens, I've been photographing food banks, NHS clapping, gin distilleries, making hand sanitizer, etc. Whatever I can think of to do. But the biggest thing is access. There isn't any. The long-term photographic documentary of these historic times in years to come will be rainbows in windows and clapping. I don't know anyone in the UK, other than the BBC, who have been allowed inside an ICU to document what's actually happening. Yeah, well, partly I think that that might be so we don't get frightened. Yeah. Um, Perhaps, who knows? Um, I would, I mean, yeah. I think from a photojournalist, I'm not a photojournalist. He is. He's a professional one, so he obviously has knows a lot more better than me. But I, you know, I'm, I'm I was talking more about our personal rights, our public li- uh, liberty to photograph on the streets and stuff. You know, um, that's the thing that worries me. But we're, yeah, I mean, we're not. Quite, I'm not sure. I want to see what's going on inside those. Uh, no, those sure. Wards, no, but, I, I, but yeah, I guess he doesn't just mean the ICU. He said there's a real, real shame in a hundred years' time. There'll be no real imagery to show mm. what went on. It'll look like a minor blip that disrupted a few people for a couple of weeks and I'm, I'm sure he's being a bit more glib there than he means to be but he's right he is right he's he is right. right he is absolutely right of course yeah i'm looking forward yeah. to talking to him uh right that's it for another day um tomorrow um uh, tomorrow what are we doing tomorrow kev oh it's just just a photo challenge tomorrow and more and more questions do not forget uh, to send them in of course do you know what i'm starting to lose sleep at night thinking about these photo challenges are you yeah, one, Jenna one. said to me last night, it was about two o'clock in the morning, she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm <laughs> desperately photo thinking of a photo challenge. You were not. You were getting up to go to the Wii. <laughs> she said, just go to sleep, you stupid man. <laughs> <laughs> How many photo challenges have you had to think of so far? Well, we're, we've done about 10 so 10, far. So 11, 12, 30. Yeah, I have, yeah, that's a challenge. There we go. Well, that's yeah. your challenge. To think, yes. of, to think oh. of a photo challenge. I'll chat to you tomorrow, Kev. Bye-bye. The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.